welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashagro, and joining me in the studio today is Ms. Kathy Cawthorn. She is the program manager of the Child Care Resources and Referral Program through Therapy and Learning Center. Ms. Kathy, how are you? Doing well, thank Good. you. Thanks for coming in today. So we thought it would be a good idea since today we're recording this is August 3rd. We thought it would be a good idea to talk about getting kids back into the swing of things for school starting again. Now, listeners, when you're listening to this, you might hear it on August 10th or September 19th or whatever random day. But I think all these tips we're going to be talking about are still going to be very valid in helping your child make a really great start to another school year. So, Ms. Kathy, I guess we'll just kind of dive into the prompt that you sent me. I guess in your professional opinion, what what would be the the first step in getting your child back to going to school and getting back in the swing of things? The first thing I would say is kind of start getting back in a routine and schedule. You know, we've probably been sleeping later, going to bed later, not staying in any type of uh, scheduled routine. So that would probably be the first thing. Start it few days, not the night before, but maybe three to four days ahead of time, mm-hmm. going to bed at a normal time, such as, you know, eight o'clock, eight thirty for the younger ones, maybe nine, nine thirty mm-hmm. for the middle school and high schoolers, and then um, establishing a get up time that is prior to ten o'clock in the morning. So yeah, yeah. probably getting back <laughs> up around six thirty or seven to get prepared and ready for our day. As someone who's in the working world, I really wish I could stay up super late and sleep in super late. So all you kids out there, get back into the swing of things and enjoy it while you can. While you can. Right. The next tip I see on here says visit the school. Uh, why would that be an, an important thing to do before the kids go back to school? Well, it's just important to set the tone for a familiar environment. Most schools are always going to host an open house, so mm-hmm. that's generally the visit the school time is you meet the teacher, meet you know, the principal, see where that classroom is going to be, possibly even see your desk already, visit the lunchroom, know where the restrooms are. So for a new school, there's not a lot of intimidation as to, you know, where you need to go if you need to take care of yourself. So it's just important for a child's social emotional health to visit the environment to make them feel comfortable with what they're going to be doing the next day, the next week, whatever the choice might be. Absolutely. So obviously we're, we're coming down from COVID-19, which that's been obviously a hot topic to, of conversation for the last year and a half. Schools haven't necessarily operated like they normally would over this past year. From the way that I've been seeing it, schools are planning on operating quote unquote normally this year. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. Most schools are going to operate as normal as they could be in Mm -hmm. this um, environment that we're in right now. So the choices of masking in many cases is optional. So Mm -hmm. children and teachers may or may not wear a mask. We'll have 
children attending that were 100% virtual last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some were, you know, hybrid virtual. So it's going to look, you know, much more like it did year before last this year. Yeah. So getting your child prepared for school, healthcare wise, I think taking your child to the doctor is probably a good idea to get their immunizations. There's, you know, required immunizations for certain ages. So depending on the age of the child, but every year a child needs a well child checkup, a physical, if they're playing any type of sports, a physical would be required. But even if if they're choosing not to participate in some type of sport that would require that, it's still a good idea to get a physical completed to see where they are for height and weight and vision and hearing and and just overall health, just as adults need to do that once a year too. Mm -hmm. So obviously building up to the weeks, the days before school starts, you know, there's a little bit of anxiety, anticipation for kids to be going back to school. Do you have any tips on what people can do maybe the night before school starts back? You know, the night before is just being as prepared as possible for the next day. Um, Some people are morning people, some are not morning Mm -hmm. people. So if everyone kind of sets out their clothes that they're going to wear, takes their, you know, bath, gets that hygiene need taken care of, (laughs) if a lunch is to be packed, having that packed the night before, uh, just anything that can be done to lessen any anxiety or rushed feeling the next morning because the next morning on the first day of school and every day after a good breakfast if they're eating breakfast at home is a good idea to start the day if they're not eating at home getting to school in plenty of time if being transported by car to eat breakfast at school if mm-hmm. breakfast is provided there in their classroom so just you know planning ahead and providing any extra time that we can to avoid any hiccups later in the the day. Absolutely. You mentioned the breakfast option, whether that's eating at home or eating at school. But if you were to eat at home, what kind of meal would you suggest people have for breakfast? A meal that would be nutritious, you know, if it is cereal, a cereal that's not loaded with sugar, you know, oatmeal, anything that's, you know, high in protein, whether it, you know, be some type of meat, um, egg, product, something with fruit, things that are going to sustain their stomach to Mm -hmm. not be growling by nine o'clock because some students in this day and time, even our elementary age students, they don't eat lunch until possibly 12 or 12, 15. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of children to get through that line. So it's important to have something that's going to stay on their stomach and allow them to stay focused. Absolutely. So going back to school also means the dreaded H word that all kids hate to hear, which will be homework. For me, when I was coming home from school, it was always a rule that I had to do my homework first, and then I could go do whatever activity I wanted to after. Um, We never really had a specific place for me to do that other than just the kitchen table. But if my sister was there working on her homework, she would get frustrated with it. It might be a little bit louder than you know, say a bedroom or an upstairs area. So is it important to maybe have a quiet place for study or what's your opinion on that? Uh, It is important to have a set aside space for homework. If it is the kitchen table, that is fine, but just Mm -hmm. making sure that it isn't excessively loud with a lot of foot traffic going through, especially for a a child who has trouble concentrating anyway, Mm -hmm. who may need fidgets or some other device to keep them focused. A desk is nice if the bedroom will allow for that. The bed is, is an okay place, but it tends to lend itself to laying down and getting distracted and those who 
lack appropriate sleep, taking a nap. So that was me. Know, the organization <laughs> and all of that kind of goes out the window. But yes, a set aside place, a specific time to do the homework is important. But we need to remember though that children of all ages are sitting down the majority of their day. Mm -hmm. So it is important that possibly before doing homework that they have some active physical play of some sort and not playing on a technology device, but mm -hmm. where they're using their large muscles, such as their legs and arms, outside, exploring nature, shooting basketball, kicking a ball, running with a pet, anything that's going to give them fresh air because we know that our brain needs oxygen to learn best. Absolutely. So what about using a, a, some sort of calendar? Obviously, all devices nowadays have a calendar built into your phone or your laptop or iPad or whatever, but on the prompt here, it says a wall calendar. Do you, what's, what's the value using a wall calendar, I guess, is my I mean, question. For parents, a wall calendar is a good visual to use because you can display things possibly in different colors. If it's a dry erase calendar, you could have a child, one child's color could be green another child's color might be orange another child's you know could be purple and that allows you to visually see the schedule of activities that each child is participating in or school schedule that type of thing most of the children um, have some type of scheduling device with them called an agenda a lot mm -hmm. of schools provide those which are you know kind of what we may call planners but that allows them to schedule and manage their time better and i think that time management is a key to um, you know having a good place to study because if you manage your time to study in a certain place you manage your time well to get your clothes prepared your meal prepared anything of that nature it's just going to help in the long run so a calendar is just another device that helps us do those things i do think the agenda or having some sort of wall calendar is very beneficial starting them young because i can't live without having my schedule on I use my phone calendar now because it's, it's so convenient. Calendar. I still use a Franklin planner. Right. I do. My mm -hmm. husband and my children, they all use that, but mm -hmm. I'm not good at that. I do think there is value in being able to use a an agenda calendar, getting off of your phone, getting away from a device. Though I'm guilty of using devices probably way too much, uh, I do think there's value in using an actual paper hardback kind of calendar so teaching kids to use those early on in their school career really does make a really could at least make a pretty big impact on their lives moving forward so i think that's a great tip kathy if anyone had any questions about getting their kid back to school or if they think maybe they need to talk to someone at therapy and learning about some developmental things with their children is that an option of would, course, would somebody yes. be able to call or email if so where who would they call if they wanted to just use the main um, telephone number for therapy and learning center that would be a great number and that's 731-668-9070 or if they felt more comfortable emailing, they could email me at um, Catherine with a K dot Cawthorn, C-O-T-H-E-R-N at W-T-H dot org. And we'd be glad to help them. Perfect. What I'll do, listeners, is add that information in the description. So if you need to reference that, you can later on. Well, Kathy, this has been great. Uh, I personally don't have kids, but I do remember being a student and I remember pretty much inadvertently following all these rules before school started. I know it made me a successful student, I'm sure as, as well as tons of other people. So parents out there, just follow the tips you know, follow the tips you've heard, and uh, try to help 
make sure your child has a good start back to school. Kathy, thanks so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And this has been another episode of We Talk Health.